In season three of the Culture Gooder podcast, we've been doing a deep dive into each of our 12 teams, or as we call them, flocks. For these five episodes, we're going to be shifting gears a bit and doing a deep dive in each of our five verticals. Although Gooder started as a run brand, we've expanded into bike, beast, golf, and game. In today's episode, we're talking with Doug, the community manager for bike. In 2019, we launched our bike vertical. It was our third vertical after run, and we struggled at first because we made assumptions about cyclists based on our experience in the run space, and that was a huge miss on our part. Slowly but surely, we got Doug and other cyclists on the team, and we started celebrating all cyclists, not just road, from mountain, gravel, commuters, and more. And that has resulted in much deeper connection across the entire vertical. Plus, now whenever I go on a run, I see gooders on cyclists and runners, which I love. One thing Doug has taught me is the importance of talking about mental health. Doug has created his own cycling club called Sad Velo. The tagline is, you can still be sad while riding your bike and that's okay. I absolutely love that. You should follow them on Instagram at sadvelo.cc because they're doing some really cool stuff. Let's talk to Doug. This is Culture Gooder with Stephen Lease and Sean Tinney. Each episode this season, we're talking to a different flock leader of the Gooder team to give you a more in-depth look at how we status the quo challenge. Well, hey, Doug, thanks for being here today. Thanks for having me. Of course. All right, let's get things started with a few lightning round questions. I'm just going to throw them at you. Nickname your parents used to call you? Dougie Fresh. Ooh, hey, all right. Uh, How about the last song you downloaded? Oh, man, it's probably the Olivia Rodrigo album. Just an album? That's one. (laughs) Okay. All right, one more. Would you rather be able to speak every language in the world or be able to talk to animals? I'd rather be able to talk to animals. They're probably so much more interesting than people. (laughs) Oh, 100%. There's one answer to that question. You got it right. All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Doug. So what's the two-minute version of your journey to Gooder? What were you doing before, and how did you hear about the brand? Yeah, so I was living in Austin, Texas. I'd been there for about two years. I had moved there from Boston, where I worked in a bike shop in Boston. And then I started doing social media and marketing for a bunch of bike shops out of Austin all over the globe, and then I decided I wanted to live in California, so I came out to L.A. It was actually my mom that found the job listing for Gooder, and she sent it to me, and she was like, this sounds like a company that you and Max, who's my best friend from high school, would start. And just reading through the job description, I was like, oh my god, this is my place, this is where I need to be. So immediately applied, and here I am. Oh, thanks, Doug's mom. (laughs) Yeah, right? You found your people. (laughs) Welcome home. Shout out, Linda. Right? (laughs) Classic. All right. So, Doug, can you briefly summarize your role for our listeners? What's your lame title? What's your real title? And what are you up to? Yeah, my lame title is Bike Community Manager. And my actual title is The Bike Guy, and then in parentheses, With Beard. And pretty much anything that touches the bike vertical at Gooder, I have a hand in at some point, be it our social, different product launches, partnerships, athletes, you name it. If Bike Gooder is involved, I have something to do with it, even if it's just giving a thumbs up. But you're in the activations flock with all the other community manager, and your role covers a lot. We're going to go into it, right? Community lead, social lead, flamboyance, athletes, sales, partnership. And, you know, I've said this, I was talking to, we were just talking to Teresa about game, you know, essentially you're, you're kind of like a mini CEO of Bike. But I love just for the listeners, could you just talk to like, what's a day in the life of Doug? You know, like, 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 what are you up to? What's your average day like? Yeah. So one of the biggest things 
for the community managers is definitely our social media stuff. So it's constantly monitoring comments, responding to people, making sure this content is scheduled and ready to go. Get a lot of DMs, people asking for free stuff or just mentioning us in the story. And big part of the role is community. And I think that's one of the biggest aspects and social media comes into that, but then also identifying cool athletes to work with. So every day it's just kind of digging into a whole bunch of different stuff that's happening in the bike world, connecting with potential partners and events and activations and a lot of teamwork goes into how we can keep on coming up with even more ridiculous stuff to top what we did the week, the day, the month before. Basically doing a bunch of cool bike shit and keeping your finger on the pulse of the bike world. Exactly. That's a much, much better succinct way to say that. Yes. Well, I needed to hear it from you. Don't give me any credit. (laughs) All right, Sean, let's do this. You want odds or evens? I'll go odds again. All right. One, two, three, shoot. What do we land? Ah, four. God, one way or another. God, you are one pathetic loser. (laughs) Doug, I have not won many of these. Maybe two? I think just one. (laughs) Yeah, maybe two. Oh, man. Out of how many? Like 12 so far? (laughs) Ouch. It's for question ordering, but also it's $10,000 per. So (laughs) Sean is in a deep hole. Massive, massive hole. (laughs) Yeah, this is not working out well for me. All right, so you're community manager, and one of those roles is community lead, and... At Gooder, one of our strategic anchors is creating connection. And one of the ways we do that is really separating out these verticals, right? We always talk about we're not a lifestyle brand. We talk to the gamer or the cyclist. And so tell the listeners, you know, what is the current vertical campaign for bike and why? And give them them a few examples because I know you can do it so well. Yeah, absolutely. So the vertical campaign for bike that we launched this year is called You Ride You. And the whole idea behind that is... Cycling's got this really stuffy, elitist reputation. And with the pandemic, there's actually been this huge boom of people getting back into cycling. And it can be a really intimidating sport to get into. There's a lot of unspoken rules and people being judgmental and withholding, and it's kind of lame. So You Ride You is all about not worrying about the rules, just being yourself. And it boils down to if you're having fun and you're riding a bike, then you're doing it right. It doesn't matter how nice and expensive your bike is. It doesn't matter if your kit matches every little piece of equipment that you have. It doesn't matter if you're on a commuter bike, a road bike, a mountain bike, a gravel bike, you name it. If you're out there and you're having fun and you're riding, you're doing it right. So you ride you. That's the whole lifeblood of the campaign is just being yourself and having fun and being authentic. Yeah, I love this campaign. I think it's one of my favorites. Do you remember when you pitched it, Doug? Do you remember your example? I'm trying to remember because it was quite legendary. (laughs) So basically uh, went into a whole bunch of different cycling stereotypes. And I think I actually have them written down here from the original pitch. I can read a couple off. Oh, yeah, do it. Just find it real quick. It's for sure worth it. When we do these campaigns, some of them come naturally. I mean, this one actually, when we landed on it, it was amazing, but I think it took us a little bit. But when it happened, it felt so right. And then when I saw Doug pitch it, I was like, oh, this is pure gold. We definitely went through a few different iterations. And then when we landed on this, it just, it rolled off. So essentially, cycling has too many rules, whether it's wearing your sunglasses over your helmet straps the correct way. Or making sure you have two matching water bottles on every ride. It's easy to get caught up in the bullshit, but at the heart of it all is fun. It's the reason we all started riding bikes in the first place. 
So do you nair every inch of your body hair to gain an extra few watts only to be spit out the back of the pack every Wednesday night during the Cat 5 Seniors race? You ride you. Do you ride your bike illegally on the sidewalk because you're terrified of getting hit by a car, thus ensuring that all cyclists are universally despised by pedestrians, drivers, and other cyclists? You ride you. Do you wear your sunglass <laughs> arms under your helmet straps because you're a triathlete that doesn't know any better while cheering exclusively for Mallard-centric college sports based in the Pacific Northwest? You ride you. Do you unironically wear Crocs, always have to take an interest in niche, often European-based sports because you're a type 4 and you just have to feel unique at all times, hence why you bought a hand-splattered bike and got really into cycling during your quarter-life crisis? You ride you. <laughs> some of those get a little little targeted to some folks here at Gooder, but they're all fun. Oh, it's great. Man, it's so good. It's super creative as well. I'm sure you've done a ton of other things that you're you're proud of. What are some initiatives in particular that stand out to you? Yeah, so right now as part of the You Ride You campaign, we have a, a couple of different things going and I think one of my favorites is the Rig Rundown. So, it started with the Bike Flamboyance, which I know we'll talk a little bit about later. But essentially, all the magazines and social media feeds and everything, they feature these like beautiful, gorgeous bikes that we all drool over. And I absolutely know that if I had an extra 15 grand laying around, I'd be all over buying one of those. But (laughs) at the end of the day, those aren't the bikes that most people are riding. And so we want to feature the stories and the highlights of the bikes that actual people are out there riding and, and having adventures on. So we created a little form and sent it out to our Flamboyance, which is our ambassador program. Ask them a series of pretty basic questions about their bike. What's its name? Tell us an adventure, a misadventure, why it's unique to you, and just let them talk about this bike that takes them places and has created this passion and and love. And then we feature them on our our social media feeds, show off their bike, put them in the spotlight, and just kind of talk about what people are actually out there riding instead of all the elite professionals and things like that. So uh, a nice way to kind of level the playing field, if you will. Yeah, I mean, you alluded to it just now, that answer, and also in your day-to-day, but social media is clearly a big part of your role, and you know, you're the social lead for bike. What does that mean? We have the Bike Gitter Instagram and Facebook, and basically it's on me to schedule out the content, make sure it gets posted, respond to DMs, come up with fun replies to some of the ridiculous comments that we get on the posts and everything. And it's really a cornerstone to helping us build community because we can connect directly with the consumer on a one-on-one basis, really. So it's just me. I'm a member of this community and I get to interact with all these people on a regular basis, which is is really exciting. It can be exhausting because you're kind of on 24-7, especially when like something really cool comes in. You got to jump on it before the moment passes. But it's definitely a, a fun part of this job and, and definitely part of my background and kind of how I got to where I am now at Gooder. So. Right on. Have you picked up any tips and tricks along the way for thriving on social media? Oh, man, that is a great question. Make really good friends with Barbs. (laughs) Yeah, be great friends with Barbs. Be great friends with all of the teams so that when you fuck up and forget to submit a request, you can ping them last minute and they're like, oh, yeah, of course. We love you, Doug. We'll drop everything and bust that out. Slippery behavior right there. So I heard be likable. (laughs) That's thing one. (laughs) Be likable. (laughs) Yeah. Be likable, build your community and lean on them. Yeah, 100%. Great. Nailed it. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> You're speaking of the larger Gooder community, we have our ambassador program, which is called the Flamboyance, which you lead for bike. 
So why is Bike Flamboyance different from uh, other brands' uh, ambassador programs? It's funny. It's been really cool to watch the Bike Flamboyance grow over the last couple of years. I know when we first launched it, I got a lot of runners that applied just because the our run flamboyance is hugely competitive. So they're like, oh, well, I ride a bike sometimes. I'll just apply to be in the bike flamboyance. <laughs> and so over the years, we've actually gotten fewer and fewer of those. But I think one of the, the cool things about the flamboyance overall is we really don't care necessarily if you have like this massive social media following. We really want you to be a genuine person and be yourself, be authentic and and just be excited about representing the brand because I think somebody that has 300 followers and like a true passion for a product or a brand or their sport in general is going to resonate with people a lot more than necessarily the person who bought 100,000 followers and it looks like they've got this massive, massive fan base or something. And they, they just don't. They're not as engaged as somebody who is really out there and, and living it and making the same kind of connection that we're trying to make with our fans as well. So I think that's one of the big differentiators. Like, we really don't care if you've got like this massive social media following. It's really more about you being yourself and being ready to lean into the fun and the ridiculousness that is our brand. <laughs> On that note, what's the most ridiculous thing you've seen from a Flamboyance member? I got to give this one to Brooke, Brooke Medina. She's been in the bike flamboyance since the beginning. And anytime we've ever issued like a photo challenge, like she just takes it to the next level. We did one for May the 4th for Star Wars Day a year or two ago. And she just went absolutely ham, like full on Princess Leia get up, the space buns, photoshopped lightsabers. I think Yoda was in there as well. And it was just like, this is all this for some free sunglasses, and I love it. It's amazing. She's always on top of jumping in and, and starting conversations in our private Facebook group. And yeah, I mean, just to spend that time making a Star Wars piece of content, or she did a fake cereal box when we did the Serial Killers launch, like just next level. It's good stuff. Well, it's funny, you know, you said like all this for a free pair of sunglasses, but I think it's closer to your earlier response of, you know, you look for people who just want to have fun, represent the brand. Like she probably did that just because she just fucking loves doing that crazy ass Absolutely. shit. And those are our people. Yeah, 100%. 100%. And it's all part of that sort of belonging and being part of that community. And, you know, it's something that we support and will lift up and celebrate every time. So it's easy to see why folks would, would go all in on it. Yeah. I mean, you know, we also work with athletes, right? We know Olympians and others. So how do you approach working with athletes? And, you know, what do we look for when we want to work with them? For me in the bike space, the number one thing I look for is a killer mustache. <laughs> That's thing one. <laughs> yeah. Ashton Lambie was the very first bike athlete that we worked with. And Ashton is just a genuine, awesome individual. And Speaking of mustaches, he's got a glorious mustache. And in his contract, part of it was we got naming rights to his mustache, which we <laughs> held a poll on social media and solicited different name ideas. And now his mustache is named Gerald. And somebody <laughs> actually went out there and created Gerald's own Instagram account. So you can follow Ashton Lambie's mustache on Instagram now. But yeah, I mean, if, if I had to think about kind of like an ideal athlete for bike, Ashton is definitely one of them. He's always open to doing things. You know, we did an IG live where we had a fireside chat. He chops a lot of wood. He lives in Nebraska, does a lot of wood chopping. And that's not a euphemism. That's <laughs> legit. Like he, he just chops wood. It's like part of his cross training. So 
we had an idea with all this wood chopping that we'd do a, an Instagram live fireside. But I live in a small apartment in LA, so I didn't have a fireplace. So I just found a Yule log on Netflix and I threw that on while Ashton sat next to an actual roaring fire. But yeah, I mean, like folks that are, are willing to do stuff like that, they're in the community, they're willing to have fun, be ridiculous, especially in cycling, because it does tend to be so uptight and stuffy, finding the athletes that are willing to do something that's a little bit more ridiculous and lean into it. You know, we work with Phil Guyman. He's got the whole cookie thing. It all comes back to connection because these athletes are being authentically themselves. And it's pretty easy to tell when somebody's being themselves and when they're just kind of putting on a face for the cameras. Ashton is is always on point and is always just genuine and down to offer advice and help. And he's been a pleasure to work with. But that sort of uh, ridiculousness and willingness to just have fun and lean into what we like to do is a key part of what we look for in athletes. Yeah. Fun and authenticity for the win, huh? Absolutely. Always. Yeah. All right. So athletes are one kind of partnership. And to connect it back to, you know, where you said you kind of began, Doug, in a, in a bike shop, how do you connect with the sales team and kind of support creating those relationships? Pretty much any time I go into a different bike shop, if I'm traveling or even if I'm in LA, I immediately look to see if they have gooders on the shelf. And sometimes they do, sometimes they don't. So I always like to send that list back. But then also, you know, just kind of collaborating with the sales team we're working on a way to get them involved in, in the rig rundown right now so that we can spotlight some of the bikes that these bike shops are kind of putting together for their customers and, and we can show the retailers a little bit of love. You know, we're doing a lot more on social with UGC or user-generated content and making sure that we include retailers in that process is pretty clutch. And then, of course, there's a lot of bike shops and retailers that host their own events and, you know, offering them additional product to support that so they don't necessarily have to pull it out of their store budget or inventory to, like, give away a few pairs of sunglasses. It's all about glasses on faces, right? Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I mean, working direct with the sales team to kind of coordinate those different efforts has been a, a fun little challenge. Yeah. Where do you buy your gear and... Have you gotten in the sell gooders yet? Yeah. So one of my go-to spots is in Highland Park. It's a block or a block. And Kel is the owner and he did bring gooders in. And now every time that I stop there, I always get a rundown of how many pairs he sold that morning. So it's always <laughs> getting these updates from Kel about there's been a few times that I've been in there and he's gotten a phone call and people are looking for very specific pairs. So I think He's kind of become the, the go-to gooder dealer on the east side of L.A. You listen to that, bike shop owners? Get your grubby mitts uh, on some gooders. You'll be making some cash. <laughs> Plus, you get to chat with Doug. Who doesn't want to do that? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, right. Okay, so we've talked about athletes, retail. Now we have this sort of partnerships thing that can be sort of nebulous. What does partnerships mean to you, and how do we approach that differently? I'd say... The biggest thing that separates us uh, when it comes to partnerships is that we're open to doing just about anything. I've got some dirty stuff in the works. I can't preview just yet, but that's one of the coolest things is I can have this ridiculous idea and I can bring it to Kelly. I can bring it to Steven. I can bring it back to the whole team. And nine times out of 10, it's like, yeah, let's figure out how we can make this happen, which is really cool. And we, we've done a lot of seemingly random partnerships over the years since I started. And they've all just been a blast. 
on the bike side, we've done some cool stuff with Floyds of Leadville. We did a, a limited run of a cycling cap with Ostroy, which was an absolute blast. But yeah, I, I think that's the biggest thing is we don't shy away from leaning in and saying yes to doing some stuff, even if it's not the most obvious idea. So what's your favorite partnership thus far? And then what is your absolute dream partnership, Blue Sky? My favorite partnership so far was definitely the Ostroy Caps. That was a blast. They're a sweet design. We sold out in like 48 hours, maybe even faster. It was just a really cool thing to kind of see come to life and an absolute blast. Ultimate, ultimate partnership. Oh man, I would love to see. So my favorite pro cycling team is EF Education First. And last year, there's a race called the Giro d'Italia and the leader's jersey is pink. It's the Maglia Rosa. And the main color from EF is pink. So when they go to the Giro, they usually have to change their entire team uniform. So last year, they did a thing with Palace Skateboards. And they had these like ridiculous duck helmets and they changed their bikes. And it was just like the most absurd looking kit ever. And they had to do it again this year. They just had the Giro. And they got like fined and suspended for doing this kit last year. So this year, to stick it to the UCI, they basically printed a jersey that has all of the rules and regulations and guidelines for what a kit should be. So basically just printed the (laughs) template. Dirty, dirty troll. Oh, that's a super deep troll. Oh, yeah. It is a beautiful thing. And, And it looked good, too. That was the best part. So I think my ultimate dream partnership would be to be in Palace Skateboards shoes for the Giro with EF and create like this absolute scumbag kit with matching sunglasses and have their bikes get matched to it. Like that's the dream. Be involved in the EF troll at the Giro d'Italia. So I fucking love that. I also loved how in your You Ride You examples, the like niche hipster individual european thing was just a reflection of yourself and then you've you've just doubled down on that with this 100 <laughs> percent, yeah <laughs> <laughs> you i know what my dream partnership is for bike let's hear it you know who it is it's peloton because i'm a basic peloton <laughs> bitch but what i want is i want to do a version of gooders that's 3d and you can like take a peloton glass in 3d so the instructor just coming out of the screen <laughs> That would be pretty, pretty specialist. <laughs> I know. I was going to bring that up when you were listing all the different kinds of bikes. I was like, Peloton's technically a bike, but it's, it's the only one. I can't go anywhere on it. Doug's a staunch outside rider, right, Doug? You, you don't ride inside. Living in Southern California, it's hard to not ride outside all the time year round. But, you know, the trainer has its place, its time and place. And Peloton workouts are no fucking joke. I've done a few and I used to mock it and now it's just like I've gone on easier 100 mile rides than some of those 40 minute hit classes on Peloton. So so I need a ruling of this. My Peloton's out on the patio. So it's technically outside. Is that an indoor ride or an outdoor ride? That's an indoor ride. Okay. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I feel like we might have covered this already, but what's your favorite part about being a community manager, Doug? Hands down, it's the fact that I just get to work with bikes all day, every day. You know, this was a community that I was a part of long before I came to work at Gooder. And now I get to earn my paycheck by fostering that community and helping grow it and contribute it. That's what it is. You know, everybody wants to find a job. You know, I I can think about jobs I've held before and, and how 
you know, you always try and figure out how you can relate to them to trick yourself into absolutely loving it. And that's not something I've ever had to do here at Gooder, which is incredible. And, and that's definitely a big part of what I love about being a community manager. That's awesome. And so if somebody's starting a bike brand, what's your tips? Like, how does one start building a community? Yeah, I mean, just get out there and talk to people. Don't make assumptions about anyone in that space. It's really all about connecting with those folks, like showing up to group rides, hosting your own group rides, talking to folks, hanging out at the bike shop, you know, establishing what your kind of local go-to spots are and, and really leaning into those. It really boils down to that connection and community piece and, and being authentic because I think in the bike space, a lot of folks are really skeptical about new brands and, and people entering into that territory, just trying to like cash in on a trend or, or exploit the sport. So really, really being able to demonstrate that you know and love that community and you're genuinely part of it and not just trying to make a quick buck is crucial. So authenticity is the only way in. Authenticity is the only way in, hands down, for sure. That's great, because money cannot buy that. <laughs> so you got to be real. Cool. So let's wrap it up here with some more advice. What do you feel is your biggest fuck up or one thing that you wish you would have done differently? I got to say, I think one of the, the biggest fuck ups early on was going into the space with one too many assumptions about necessarily what the community was looking for and what they wanted. And not tapping into some of the things earlier on that I think could have set us up a little bit a little bit better. I wish that I jumped into the gravel community a bit sooner. That's a space that has opened us with giant welcoming arms and, and they really embrace like the you ride you kind of ethos and everything, which is crazy awesome. I don't like this answer at all. This is shitty. <laughs> oh, I think that's a great answer. Yeah, I mean, I, I so I guess to make that a bit more succinct, I think really leaning into certain areas of the community earlier on than we did would have been a huge, huge win. Yeah, for sure. I think we could have showed up with curiosity a lot sooner in this vertical. Yeah, for sure. Right on. All right, how about the biggest shift you've made since taking over a bike? Kind of tying it back to gravel. I kind of remember sitting down early on and talking about like which audiences we, we really wanted to go after. And one of the questions that Steven has posed to every other vertical, except for run, because it kind of stems from run, is what is our version of a 5K runner? Because that's been the bread and butter for the run side of the Gooder brand. What is the 5K runner in bike? And I feel like a lot of early on, it was like, oh, it's probably like the commuters, and I really think that it's more so the gravel rider because it's way more relaxed and casual. And I remember riding Dirty Kanza, which is now called Unbound Gravel, for the first time in 2019 and getting out on the course and, and starting that race and looking over and seeing like a woman on a beach cruiser on this like giant gravel race in Emporia, Kansas, and just thinking like, what the fuck? <laughs> you ride you? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and, and that's just it. Like nobody was passing any kind of judgment or like making any kind of snide remarks. Like it was just like, hell yeah, like you are out here, you are doing it, like let's go. And that's been my experience at pretty much any gravel event or race. And that's just been a community that's been so, so welcoming and warm. God, I love that so much. All right, what are you most proud of? I am most proud of developing and, and launching the You Ride You campaign. 
that is something that I think, especially with so many new people coming to the sport, is something that is so sorely needed. And that sort of beacon of, of welcoming openness is something that's often missing from cycling. And seeing just like the initial response, we've really been all in on it for the last couple of months, has just been awesome. Folks in the flamboyance clamoring to submit their bikes for the rig rundown, people laughing over our series on Carl's Bike Bits. You know, like uh, we did one with a pro tip, filling your water bottle with coffee can be both brilliant and disastrous at the same time. Folks love that. You throw a poop joke out there and people are going to go crazy for it. Yeah, but definitely the launch of You Ride You and and some of the cool stuff that we're doing that is what I'm most proud of so far. Right on. Well, I'm guessing there's no cheat code for authenticity, but if you were to propose some cheat codes for somebody in the bike space trying to succeed, what might you suggest? Yeah, I mean, like you just said, authenticity, just be yourself. That's one of the core tenets at Gooder, which I'm, I'm sure has been beat to death in in the Culture Gooder podcast. It's out there. <laughs> yeah, it, we've heard it a few times. But yeah, if, if now I'm going to fuck it up, even though I've heard it so many times. If your goal is to be liked and... Oh, shit. I fucked it up already. If your goal is to be authentic and people don't like you, it's okay. If the goal is to be liked and people don't like you, you're fucked. There it is. That's the one. Yep. <laughs> I got you. I feel like it's painted on a wall behind me in the lagoon, too, so I'm going to go stare at it after we're done here. But yeah, I mean, that would be one tip. The other tip would just be to just show up. Show up to rides. Show up to the bike shop. Tip your bike mechanics. Talk to them. Ask them questions. Be curious. That curiosity, I think, is a huge part of it. It's really about kind of developing those relationships and not counting out any particular group or type of ride that might seem intimidating you know, nine times out of 10, you're, you're going to run into somebody that's really awesome and, and will kind of guide you and take you under your wing. And as far as like a third tip goes, man, get into gravel. It's so fun. <laughs> it's a blast. It sounds like fun. Yeah, it's like uh, Outback Steakhouse. No rules, just right. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Doug. It's been really fun to have you on. It's been a blast. Thanks for having me. Oh, of course. Thanks as always, Stephen. And thanks everybody for listening. Be sure to subscribe and send us your questions at gooder.com slash culture. Until next time, be excellent to each other. Thank you so much for listening. Send us your questions, learn more, and find episode resources at gooder.com slash culture. If you enjoyed yourself today, which we're sure you did, we would be so grateful if you could please leave us your star rating and review. That minute and a half of your time, it really does help people find us. And don't forget to share us on your stories, tell your friends, tell your parents, Tell your delivery person who's probably listening to some other shitty podcast right now. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at Culture Gooder and Stephen at Stephen Lease. That's Stephen with a PH because those V people are not trustworthy. Culture Gooder is produced by our in-house Gooder team. So many thanks to the Culture Gooder team and also everyone else at Gooder, really without whom there obviously would be nothing to even podcast about. At Gooder, we exist to give you the permission to be unabashedly yourself unless you're an asshole. So don't be. See you next time.